Bibles, Genesis chapter 22. We've been there for two weeks. This is the third and final installment of the series. It won't happen overnight. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, which thou lovest, and get thee into a land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. He said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do, any, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the, the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven a second time and said, and said By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen. The topic, it won't happen overnight. It won't happen overnight overnight. I said in week one, uh, uh, things like uh, um, uh, 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 one of the, one of the uh, uh, things that we really need to get across, it, especially in this modern day 21st century church, uh, we've been taught that we ought to go to God to get something, right? But in reality, we ought to be giving something to God. Am I right about it? All right, so we started off there. 
uh, we, we looked at the text and, and we, we started breaking it down and, and sometimes we, we talk about how we run the churches who don't preach about a sovereign God, but we run the churches who have dummied down the deity of God to a God who only serves as a slave to the master of our thoughts. That's not how God operates. So we go to churches and, uh, and, and we go to churches that suggest if we have faith in faith that God is going to do something. Amen. But that we know that that is doctrinally incorrect. So what we see in the text is that God had promised Abraham something 10 years prior in chapter 10 that has now not even come to fruition yet in chapter 22. But God is working and moving in that direction. And I want to tell somebody in here today that you ought to hold on to the promise of God. God may have promised you something five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, but you ought to hold on to the promises of God because it won't happen overnight. And so we come to this place on this mountain. You read the story. I said this, that, that, that text is so rich. God tells Abraham, get up and move. Go to a land of Moriah, to a mountain that I will show you when you get there. So we learn that, that God doesn't tell you the whole plan. We learn that as you move, God reveals the plan. Amen. All right? This was some of y'all still in neutral. God reveals the plan as you move. We learned that in the area or the land of Moriah, there were three mountains. And God told him that I will show you which mountain to go on and do the right thing. So in other words, last week I warned about doing the right thing on the wrong mountain. Amen. So you got to look at all this. What if Abraham did the right thing at the wrong place? And sometimes we do the right, play, we do the right thing in the wrong place where God has not sent us. So we look at obedience in the text. We, we looked at how uh, only, uh, only him and his son could, could go uh, uh, far enough to get what God had promised him. All the while, he is moving toward the promise of God, but God is requiring something of him. God is requiring the sacrifice of his son, his only son. Well, wait a minute, God. You told me back in chapter 10, you told me that through me that you would make me a great nation, but now in my old age, it was, I was old when the boy got here. Right? So he's old enough to ask the right question. So I know from the text he's a teenager, maybe in his early 20s, and now you're telling me to give you my only son? Then how could this promise come to pass? But what God is trying to show Abraham, what God is trying to show you today is that he wants what is ever occupying the most important seat in your heart. That's what God wants. In order to obtain the promise of God, you've got to give up some things. And the number one thing you have to give up is whatever is occupying his seat. See, I, nobody said amen, all right? Nobody, okay, I guess it's just a review. All right, because we don't want to give up what's occupying that seat. And so he comes to this mountain, right, and, 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 he, and, and he gets there. And, and watch this. And in the text, he says that as they're going toward the mountain, he tells the guys he had to leave behind. Because remember last week I told you there's some people that you got to leave behind. And he tells them, he doesn't tell them, I'm going to sacrifice my son. He says, I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship, right? And so as he's going to worship and, he, and he's moving along and he's going up the mountain, his son asked the question. He said, Dad, listen, I see the wood. I see the fire. I also see the knife. 
But, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham tells his son, don't you worry. When we get there, somehow God is going to provide a sacrifice. And so last week when we closed out and, and you know, we talked about that, that or that, before I jump to where we closed at, I want to remind you that the text teaches us that our assignments in this life are tied to a place. Abraham had an assignment. Abraham, in order to have the promise of God fulfilled in his life, he had an assignment that was, a, that was tied to a place. There is an assignment on everybody's life that is a believer. If you are a believer, you have an assignment in your life, but your assignment is tied to a place. Uh, 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 Joseph, he, 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 uh, he, had, he had a dream, but he couldn't fulfill it until he got to Egypt. Jonah had a calling, but he couldn't fulfill it until he got to Nineveh. Ruth left Moab with her, with her mother-in-law, Naomi, to a, to a place, but, but, but she didn't fulfill her calling until she met Boaz. Until you get to a certain place. Esther was raised by Mordecai, but God couldn't use her until he got her into the palace. That is a place. Your assignment is tied to a place. Now, now here's the part, like I said last week, I'm going to say it again, that you're not going to like. You can't choose the place. You cannot choose where God decides to use you. I, I know we live in a day and age that, and, and you listen to these 21st century preachers that make you believe you some sort of mini-God. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot choose the place in which God decides to use you, right? I got another one for you. God chooses the place, and most of the time, it's somewhere you don't want to be. God chooses a place most of the time to use you where you don't want to be. Watch the text. God tells Abraham to go to Moriah to a mountain. I'll tell you. The word, the word tell you is a bad translation in the original text. The more accurate translation is show you. Go to a region of Moriah. Go, the word go, and, and he says go, and I'm going to show you once you get there. Do you actually think that Abraham felt like leaving where he was to go to a foreign land to take his son to sacrifice? sacrifice. You think you don't want to get up in the morning and go to work on Monday. Abraham ain't no way in the world wanted to leave his comfort zone to go to a place to fulfill the promise that God has called him or that God had promised him. But see, in this 21st century postmodern Christianity, we are sign-driven. The Lord told me to start my own business. Well, if he did, what are you waiting for? You're waiting for some sort of a sign. Abraham didn't wait for a sign. He just moved when God told him to move. And some of you are sitting still and still praying about what God told you to do. You know, I, 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 you know, it's crazy. I said it before in Bible study, and I'll, I'll say it again today. We pray about stuff too long that we, we know the right answer to, right? You know God told you to move. I got to pray about it a little longer. You pray about stuff you don't want to do, in other words. That's what you pray about. You pray about stuff you don't want to do. You don't pray about nothing you want to do. If you want to do it, <laughs> you just jump out there and do it. But we 
pray about what we don't want to do. We pray about where we don't want to go. We have to pray about God's assignment. And I'm trying to tell you that God often gets his best from you when you're in places you don't want to be. Give God some praise. I tell you, I, I'm, I'm afraid that if, if, if we ever work in the place where, and I know we want to get there, but, but, but think about, can God really get his best from me if I'm where I want to be? The only place I want to be, the only place you should want to be is inside the will of God. That's the only place you should want to be. It's inside the will of God. I ain't talking about a physical location. I'm talking about, Lord, what is your will? That's the only place I want to be is in your will. And if your will has me uncomfortable, that's all right with me because I'm in your will. That's the only place I want to be. I, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people talk about. You can't care either. Just be in the will of God. Abraham, walking in the will of God, right? And he gets there. I'm about to mess somebody up, right? He gets there, right? Abraham knows the assignment. The assignment is to sacrifice what means the most to him, Isaac, right? And, and, and he just doesn't know on which mountain, right? And so when he gets there, God, you have to stay in touch with God along your journey so God can show you which mountain to stand on and do the right thing. A lot of us go on this journey and we don't want to stay in touch with God, right? There's nothing worse, like I said last week, than trying to do the right thing in the wrong place. Uh, there, there's nothing worse than trying to do that. It's a dangerous thing to do when God calls you to do something, but you're doing that in the wrong place, right? And so, and so you know, uh, 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 Abraham is, is watching God and he's walking with God. And, 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 I, and, and I, just, I just need to ask a question today. Is there anybody in here who can say, I, I, I don't compare my mountain to anybody else's. I just wake up in the morning thanking God for the mountain that he has me on because as long as he has me on this mountain, I'm going to do what he called me to do. I don't have to politic with anybody because I'm happy with my mountain. I don't have to look at anybody else's mountain because I'm happy with my mountain. I don't have to kiss nobody's backside because I'm happy with my mountain. I'm on the right assignment. I'm on the right mountain. It's mine and the assignment is in place and I'm doing what God has called me to do on the mountain he called me to do it on. Can you imagine the pain? This is what I talked about last week. Can you imagine the pain that comes with the pilgrimage of this whole process? Can you imagine the mental anguish? Can you imagine with Abraham, he's going the whole time knowing that he has to sacrifice his son, his most beloved thing in his life, back to God, right? And he says to his guys, he says, you stay here. The boy and I are going to go to worship. It has to be tearing him up mentally. And he says, we'll be right back. Now, 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 now that's, that, that's not what, 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 you know, Abraham was called to sacrifice, but he said, I'm going to go worship. Look at what, what God makes them carry to worship, right? He makes him carry the fire, makes him carry the wood, makes him carry the knife. He makes him carry all of the ingredients that cause potential pain to the altar. He makes him carry, I wish I was a better preacher so you would get that. God makes them carry 
into worship all the stuff that has the potential to kill him. Isaac is carrying all the stuff that has the potential to kill him into worship. You see, some stuff, you try to come in church, you try to hide it, you try to leave it in the car, and God is saying to us, you need to bring all that stuff that has the potential of killing you to the altar. You need to bring all of the wood, all of the fire, all of the knife. You need to bring that to the altar. That's what we see in the text. And how many of you are, are coming to church Sunday after Sunday, but leaving with the same stuff that you brought in here? That's not the way God has called us to live. The text says that he set stuff in order, right, when he got there. So what do you do, right? What, 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 what do you do? Do, do? do you bring that stuff in like you're supposed to? You know, there's somebody in here right now that has been clapping and singing and rejoicing, but the truth of the matter is you've been carrying some stuff that might kill you. I know it. You're carrying a bad marriage. You're carrying a physical illness. You're carrying financial struggles. You're carrying an incarcerated child. You're carrying unemployment. You're carrying, some of you carrying warrants for your own arrest. You're carrying a job that you can't stand. And, and why should you rejoice? Because with all of that that you're carrying, you still brought that into the worship. With all that you're carrying, you still came to give God some worship. You still came to give God some praise. You were carrying all of that stuff. Now, now this is where I want to close out on, right? I, I want y'all to help me this morning, right? I, 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 want you, I want you to look at somebody and say, I know you're carrying it, but you look good carrying it. But you look good carrying it, right? I, 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 don't, I don't, you know, you look, I, I didn't even know you were going through anything. Some of us can hide it so much. You can look at folk and not even know they going through stuff, right? I didn't even know you was catching hell, but you look good carrying it. I didn't know that you were dealing with difficulty because you look better than what you normally look when you ain't carrying stuff, right? You got to encourage yourself. You got to encourage somebody else and say, listen, I know you're going through it, but you look good while you're carrying it, right? So the text suggests that the stuff I carry into worship, I don't have to carry back out of worship. <laughs> this is what the text suggests, that the stuff that I carried into worship, I don't have to carry it back out of worship. I'm trying to help somebody right here with some stuff that you're carrying. There'll be an opportunity during this worship moment where you can get rid of it. You no longer have to carry I'm in the text. Look at the text. Follow me, Cornerstone. Do you know what they did with the stuff that they were carrying? They made an altar out of the stuff that they were carrying. The text shows us that they made an altar out of the stuff. I know we're in this new praise and worship era, but if you want to learn how to lay down some stuff that you're carrying, you've got to learn how to build an altar. I wish I had some praying folk in here today. How many of, new, how many of you know that prayer can fix some stuff if I build an altar? It doesn't change, you're right? It doesn't change overnight, but it changes. If it doesn't change things, prayer will definitely change you. I just got to build an altar. My prayer may not change my situation, but it might change me enough to help me handle whatever God is putting me through. I know that you know the story. 
I know that you know when they got there. We all know that God stepped in with his emissary from heaven called an angel. An angel jumped in and said, hold up! That's my translation. But, 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 but what caught me, but, but what caught me was not that God showed up. What caught, what caught me and what got me was when God showed up. Now, I know I pastor an intelligent church, so you're you going to get this. Do you know when God showed up? God showed up when Abraham raised his hand. God showed up when he, y'all, God showed up that the sacrifice was bound. It was on the altar. God showed up when Abraham raised his hand. It's in the text. Read it for yourself. When he got his hand up high as it could go, when he put his hand up to the point of total surrender, when he put his hand up to say, Lord, I'm gracefully broken, when he put his hand up as high as he could go, when he put his hand up, God, when he got into a posture of surrender, God stepped in and said, hold up. God stepped in because when you raise your hands, Cornerstone, you release angels on your behalf that fight for you in the spirit world to help bring your miracle in the natural. So you can sit there, you can be cool all you want, but I don't know about you. There are moments in my week where I just stand up at my kitchen table and I say, you are good Lord, you are good God. I, sur- I raise my hands as high as I can raise them. I open, God steps in. Listen, you ought to learn how to raise your hands. Let me tell you another thing too, right? Even in the airport, I'm done, but even in the airport, right? When you go to the airport and, and if you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands. They used to give you paper towels, right? But now there's an air dryer, right? You got to wave your hands in front of it. And as you wave your hands, change occurs. So while your hands are up high, you've got to learn to wave your hands and say, God, I want you to step in on my behalf because change does not happen overnight. But God is there. God wants to step into your situation. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. 